delighted to have you in the podcast where all stories are welcome and the masks come off. Hello, Mark. Hello. Good afternoon. So wonderful to welcome you to Coffee and Soul. And welcome to Soul Brews with Shiva. I'm so delighted to ha- have you as, as a participant in this show. It's always a pleasure talking to you as a good friends uh, back in our Auroville times where we Absolutely. share a cup of coffee at the cafe. It brings me uh, these fresh memories. Absolutely. So I'm glad that we can do that still uh, not presential way, but in a virtual way, we still can connect. I know. It's, uh, it's wonderful. I'm so, so, so happy to connect with you again. And I can see you're sipping your coffee. So let's yes, do mine. And wow. this is, this is uh, Buma Devi. Oh my goodness. This is Mark's coffee. Amazing. In yeah. a French press. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if the right, it's the right thing to do. You yeah, have to educate yeah. me. That's a uh, that's very good method to brew coffees at home without complicating much, much right. the, the right. story. So yeah. Yeah. great to see you uh, drinking Buma Devi in Gurekaon. Makes me feel very happy. Yes, you know, I really, I re- it's um, the kind of coffees that you do and your brewing skills. And we'll talk about that as we go forward. So sure. if I ask you to just hold your cup of coffee in your hands, and if you, if you can just sit back with your coffee and just relax and see what comes to your mind. What does coffee do for you, Mark the Coffee Man? Wow, that's a beautiful way to align yourself to the question. And it's, uh, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is gratitude. Quite a striking the amount of gratitude I have for uh, what India and Auroville has offered me as a coffee lover to be able to dive in deeply into the jungles of South India all the way to Auroville and try to bring in that spark of what uh, coffee means to me and to, to the rest of India and anyone who loves coffee. So without uh, Auroville, without India, this uh, could not happen because as I, you know, I'm coming from Barcelona and coming from Spain and there, unfortunately, we don't grow coffee. So I was deprived for all these years to be able to touch the plant and smell the soil and walk in the forest. So that uh, longing kind of being fulfilled. And uh, so that's why gratitude comes at the forefront when you ask me this question. That is amazing. Mark, you know, there are, in, in what you've said, there are just so many stories in that I don't know which thread to pull. So take me through your journey. And how did you arrive at coffee? What, or first at coffee, then at Auroville? What brought you here? How do both these things combine for you? Yeah, I think there is a kind of sequence that things build uh, one to each other. I think this is what happens. I think naturally when you are at age, when I was 21 years old, so you become adult and some questions strike your mind. Like what is going to be the aim of my life? What I'm going to be useful for? What I'm going to be looking at? Um, So all these questions somehow are that age. And so in that search, I stumble upon coffee. And I think it was, it was something that uh, really changed my life completely. My, my direction, my, my aim, my interest. So that happened when I was young. I was set around, uh, was 22, 23 years old. First, I came to India when I was very young. I was, I think, 16. And that uh, stroke chord in myself very strongly at the individual level. So how, uh, what made you come to India then, Mark? 
Uh, this was just a trip that my my parents came. Uh, my parents got this good habit to do to travel, yeah. which I think is a great habit. So along of these travels, said why you don't come along with us? We go to India. At that stage, I didn't have a single interest about what India was at all. So it was more or less against my intuition. It was actually counterintuitive to say yes. Mm. But that turned to be a turning point in my life. From that moment onwards, after that trip, everything also changed inside myself. And I said, wow, there is something else another world out there, which I was not aware at all. That brought me to search read about, Mao, about India. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the following years, I would go, continue visiting this country, this time uh, by myself. And one of these journeys, these, these trips, I stumbled upon uh, Auroville, Pondicherry. Mm-hmm. Again, not being very much planned, just going to the south and uh, ended up here, where I am now after 22 years, I believe. And... Again, you know, those things in life that are not expected at all. But again, that was, when I read The Dream of Auroville was kind of, wow, that is, uh, that really touched me deeply. Mm. The mm. concept of uh, some, a place that could exist on that dream. Mm. But I knew I was too young. So I went back to Spain, but I dived in Auroville six months when I was mm. 21. So I could understand better what it was, not mm. just the two days and the six months. Deeply diving into Auroville life, I did agarbatis, I played with kids in kindergartens. I did all sorts of things just to understand what it was, and a lot of reading and time by myself. That gave me the first foundation, kind of uh, my inner self. And then what I needed was to have a subject where I could actually use it for my, for my yoga. And then I think coffee came after that. So that's why I'm saying it, but being a sequence of events. First, discover myself within uh, myself and then what I would do in the material world to work on, the, on, on this. And coffee came. I remember still very clearly that moment. I was uh, two young Italian brothers uh, started a business in Barcelona, uh, importing coffee machines. So I was looking for ideas. I said, I'll talk to these people. They are actually experts in coffee. So that session, that half an hour, an hour session on brewing espresso, the way they express it was like uh, poetry. Literally, they're just like poets making coffee. Mm-hmm. And that stroke so strongly. Mm-hmm. And from that onwards, I started my career in coffee. Oh, that's amazing. And and, and, and and it's so interesting to see how it gets woven in together, you know, Auroville and coffee. And today, Mark's coffee is uh, known everywhere, isn't it? I know that you're also brewing now in Fig, in yes, uh, yes. Museo, in uh, Museo Camera. Yeah, in Oregon, absolutely, yes. yes with yes. Manish, uh, he's the one who is uh, running that place. Yes. 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 Very happy that finally our coffee is here in Gurgaon. So it's fantastic. I'm delighted because now I'm in Gurgaon and at least I can access Mark's coffees much, uh, much. It's very close to where I live. So I can just pick that up and I'm really, really happy about this. Tell me a little bit. And remember once sitting in Mark's coffee, Mark's cafe in Oroville, you talked to me on, on, the, on the table where you have the map or map of where the coffee is grown all over, beautiful table. You talked about your visit to Chikmagalur and your pilgrimage to, to honor yes. Baba Budan. Tell, tell us a little bit more. <laughs> well, I think as a coffee lover and being in India, to visit the place where uh, 
Baba Budan planted the seven seeds was kind of an iconic location that I think everybody should just pay once at least. But funny enough, I still not able to visit the place. I mean, it's quite interesting. That time I went, it was monsoon, and when I arrived, uh, it was shut. It was closed. Mm. I still didn't make the visit. I think it will come at the right time. Yeah. I've been talking to people uh, from the local villages and said, actually, Mark, if you really want to visit Baba's place, it's not in the cave that you need to go. I said, oh, oh that's something new, what it is. So the Baba sat there and yes, he meditated over seven seeds, but uh, he planted those seeds in another place, which is a nearby village in a deep inside the forest. So maybe that's the place I should one day visit and see what is there. Right. And uh, so, but for me, what he did was amazing. Uh, it's a beautiful story, and I feel very inspired by someone so, like him. Yes. What? What? Who was Baba Budan? For a lot of my my listeners who may not know. Well, there is many stories, but uh, my version of the story is like he was a Sufi. Mm. He was a philosopher, as practicing Sufism. So, in his pilgrimage to Mecca. He was dancing with Sufis at night and he observed that they were drinking that dark beverage that kept all these Sufis awake through the night. Yeah. So he actually discovered coffee as a drink. And then uh, they said, if you really want to see the coffee culture, you need to go to al Mokha in Yemen. Mm. And there are ways where, you know, the coffee is being grown and where the coffee is being exported. So he went there and then they said that he smuggled seven beans because at that time, Yemenis uh, were holding the monopoly of coffee yeah. around the world. There's only harbor in the world that could export coffee. And they would uh, parboil the beans before exporting. So yeah. nobody could germinate them. So Baba knew that and said, okay, yeah. I want to have seven, seven seeds that are not being parboiled. So they're still alive. So he took seven of them and quickly went to Chinmangalore and to Baba Budan, and that is where he decided to plant them. So more or less, that is what the story is about. Is, is that so amazing, you know? And uh, yeah. and, it, and it's actually such a romantic story, you know? It's, uh, it's uh, something so powerful about the whole thing. Tell me about your journey with coffee in Oroville and, and also your, your, you know, this, this show is really about exploring journeys, highs and lows some defining moments, would love to hear. And I'm sure my viewers would also love to hear a little more about you, Mark. When I came in 1997, the culture of coffee in India was uh, very, very uh, almost inexistent. I mean, in South India, do we do we have a culture of, uh, of coffee? Yes, for sure, but not the type of culture I wanted to bring in. And so it was like, uh, be a lot of, I was very patient because I said, unless the market and the people don't, they don't start understanding that there is much more to offer, it will take me some time. So I took it easy and I said, okay, let's at least start traveling around South India, visiting coffee plantations, coffee planters. I was more prone to organic farming or biodynamic farming. So I had some good friends doing organic biodynamic coffees in Kodekanal. So that gave me the exposure and the opportunity to visit and stay and understand how, how difficult and how beautiful is coffee cultivation at the same time, if you want to do it in a sustainable manner. So that was a great learning process. And then, you know, as the year passed by, the 
coffee culture started to come. I remember those days with Cafe Coffee Day really helped that to bring the espresso culture and, you know, like the cafe as a third space between your home and your work, a place where you can socialize. And beyond, uh, you know, uh, going for a drink or a smoke, it was a place where everybody could be beyond even classes. I mean, mm. that's kind of a neutralizing space. Mm. And that really brought the culture slowly to India. So in 2008, mm. I said, okay, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time we start, you know, doing something by our own. And we started roasting the first batches of Mars coffees in 2008. Then after that, I think four years later, Blue Tokai started also roasting Indian coffees and they did it in a much bigger way than me. So that was very helpful mm. because uh, it really helped to spread out that there is something else than South Indian or instant coffee. Mm. It's a specialty coffee here and it's a very good quality and now it's accessible for the Indian consumer. Mm. So I think uh, then many other roasters came along mm. and that also helped the culture to grow and we grew along with them mm. and we didn't want to have the leading like a spearhead that I wanted Indian companies and Indian people to spearhead that movement mm. um, because they are from here. But I was always in the background just observing and doing my own job, of course, uh, you know, doing my roasting and my, my marketing and my, my brewing. Mm. Thanks to that also, it became also well-known. So that is in a nutshell how we are today here. I know it's amazing. And if you, and this is for all the people who are listening to this and will be looking at the podcast, hearing the podcast as well, that you haven't tasted coffee unless you've had one brewed by Mark. I mean, it is really, really phenomenal. He's a master brewer and, uh, and, um, and also spends a lot of time explaining to you what this coffee is about, the temperatures, and, and, and makes you that beautiful cup of coffee in, in different, using different brewing methods. And so uh, really worth it if you go for a trip down to Oroville or now we have it right here in Fig, in Gurgaon. And uh, for the others who are international, make a trip down to just taste this coffee. It's fabulous. What are some of the reflections that you have had in, 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 your, in your life uh, now? I mean, it, it probably isn't easy from coming from Spain into rural India. Oroville is like a little village that we call our home, all of us. But, you know, and uh, but still, you know, well, what I know your kids have grown up here. They've studied here. I know your wife and you, Matilda, has done a lot of stuff in Oroville as well. So what's this journey been like? I think it's been a journey, as I said. No, it's like this is a life, it's a long life endeavor. So you have already a perspective of long-term. Mm. So when you have that very much in you, then you don't get so much frustrated or you don't get impatient because you, the context, you are aware of the context where you are and the challenges that the, that context brings along with it. Mm. But it, also there are a lot of advantages as well that we do have here being in a rural area. So mm. also acknowledging that as well. Mm. Uh, running costs or overheads are much sure. much easier to handle in mm. Kulapalayam than in Gurugan, as you can understand. Yes, totally. So that gave us a, a kind of a resilience. I said, okay, we are very small, but we can survive anything. You know, we can be here uh, in spite of whatever can happen. So even now, after the COVID-19, we felt very strongly that we are still very resilient because where we are. Mm. And I think that is good. But at the same time, challenges were a lot. Electricity, 
availability, power cuts, uh, not accessible to good equipment. For sure, there is no knowledgeable baristas at that time. So you need to start from scratch completely. I mean, 95% of my my team are from the local villages and mm-hmm. coffee culture is not in their culture at all. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you learn in a, in a university or in a college. Mm-hmm. It's something that is available only with few people. Mm-hmm. So it took me longer time. But I said, I'd rather wait, but our growth should be in a parallel with our inner growth as, as people in my team. I cannot push my team to, to perform uh, at a higher level if I'm not giving them the time to acquire that knowledge. Um, but they, it's amazing how, how adaptable my team are because they've actually managed to go through all this growth in terms of personal and also professional. Now they are in a very, very, very good level and they feel very secure and very self-confident that what they do, they do it because they know it and they practice it. So it takes longer time, but once you establish that, I think it, uh, it really ensures that the continuity, that we are not here just for a, for a few years. We want to create an institution beyond Mark. It's a place where we almost worship coffee it's like uh, you don't do it as a job. You do it. It's it's beyond getting paid. Although getting good paid is part of the equation, is not at all what you need to have when you work with Marks. And I think we have we have done that, and more people are coming to join our team. We have a lot of requests for interns, uh, very serious interns, because I put them. I said it's nine hundred hours, nine months, six hours a day. It's a wow. tough job. You need to roll. You need to clean the tables. You need to clean the machines. So those who pass the mark, then uh, definitely they come up with a very insightful experience of what is a specialty coffee all about. And then they can set up their own businesses elsewhere in India, which I wish they will. Uh, So that I want Mars Coffees to become an epicenter, not only of going for a cup of coffee, but if you really generally want to learn more about what is specialty coffee, then we should offer that facility for them. Absolutely. And uh, um, so this is very interesting. And these, these, this internship is possible. People can even learn to brew with you, right? Yes. I mean, if, even if they don't intern, but they want to do a course of brewing, you yes. take that up, right? Is that right? Am I correct in that? Correct. We do the different levels of engagement. We have what we call the Foundations of a Specialty Coffee course. It's for five days. Mm. In 24 of the packers, we are having another one. It, uh, so that is presential uh, and it's maximum for five people and in a week we start the journey uh, to give a very good foundation what this speciality means mm. something that it's difficult to grasp you can read different books but we try to bring all the aspects together through theory and mm. through practice they will practice espresso brewing latte art they will experience uh, aeropress french press Roasting coffee, cupping coffee, uh, history, coffee, chemistry, physics, health. Amazing. We try to cover, you know, very holistically what coffee can be. And then after the five, these five days, you've got something solid in you that then you can decide. Most of the interns come after these workshops. They said, mm-hmm. oh, wow, I, now I really want to do an internship. Mm-hmm. Or I want to start my own business. Or, you know, I really want to do something with you. So these engagements, we have people who did that course, we're still in touch with them. Um, we have a good connection with them and I follow up them and they come and visit us again. 
So I think it also brings up a little bit of uh, beyond professionalism. We share something very intimate. So that make us really connected. So if I, what does a cup of coffee mean to you, Mark? What does it mean to you? You know, you speak, speak about it almost reverentially. You said in passing, we worship coffee. Yeah. What does that mean to you? What does it signify to you? I think it signifies, see, I see uh, when we talk about this type of quality of coffee, I always say there's always three parts of it. One is the intelligence of what the intelligence that has been put into produce that cup of coffee. The knowledge, the processes, the methodology, the understanding, what we call more the scientific approach of coffee, of course, and how much devoted you are to produce a cup of coffee. So that is what I, when somebody brings me a cup of coffee, I see, wow, there's a huge amount of intelligence here. Second, I see the emotion. Coffee is an emotional drink and generates emotions. Emotions, from the barista point of view, when you are brewing a cup of coffee in an espresso machine, it's very emotional. You are grinding it, you are adjusting it, you see the crema coming in, the smell, colors, and the whole thing. And so that emotion is, is something that is... It's unique, you cannot transfer it, but that emotion is passed to the customer. And so what is the customer's emotion? How I'm, I'm actually able to bring that emotion to you and I would like to hear what is the emotions that drink is creating into you. Mm-hmm. And that brings to the third part, which is the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like you and me were having now. Having a great cup of coffee alone, yes, I agree. It's I like to have my coffee in the morning with no conversation. Mm. But I still believe the spirit of coffee is the spirit of bringing people together and, and talking to each other. And, mm. and if we can share that emotion, like sometimes I talk to my customers, I talk, oh, this coffee really brought me back to my childhood when I mm. first we did a coffee roastery. I mean, and it was like, I just, it's amazing how you manage to, to travel through time in milliseconds just because the smell is triggering in something or what emotion of, 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 of happiness or, or, or whatever it is, mm. positive or negative, whatever it is, that conversation, I think. So these three, three aspects is what I think, uh, I believe it makes that brew so special that this type of coffee makes, uh, it's very difficult to find elsewhere. Something. That is so beautiful, Mark. Yes. And it is so true. When you, when you say all this, I completely resonate yes. with, uh, with all the three aspects that you talk about. You do a lot of roasting from India and, and, uh, and, and of buying, buying coffees from the South Indian uh, states. And, and somehow there's no middleman, right? You go directly and is that, is that something that you've managed to do or how, how, how does that work? Well, I think that is the beauty of it, no? Because... Uh, you don't do direct trade to bypass the middleman. You want mm-hmm. to do direct trade because you want to meet the person. Yes. You want to walk the land. You want to smell the coffee. You want to see. It's a very, again, it's a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. I said, it's not about how beautiful your plantation is. It's not about how much sustainable you are. You are. Is are we connecting to each other or not? Mm-hmm. There, is, there is a common threat or not mm-hmm. beyond all that. Mm. and that that magic needs to happen mm. and if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen and it's fine you know that's meant it's not meant to happen but we are clear about this first so most of our coffees are directly traded through the plantation through the farmer we select the lot mm. we select even the part of the plantation where we want the coffee from wow. so we can revisit that patch of forest mm. every year Mm. see how it's doing we have a connection with that so we go back to that and also it's very consistently so some of other coffees for instance 
like the Malabar Munzum coffees and all, uh, are coffees that are being processed mm. by different people that they grow. Mm. So in that sense, the traceability cannot be up to the farmer, but it can be up to the person who is actually mastering that process of monsooning the coffee. Mm. And that is done sometimes through, through, through traders. Mm. But they are not uh, all like this. In Munzun Malabar, precisely, yes. Mm. But the rest of the coffees that you can see in our website, the name of the coffee is the name of the plantation or the name of the person who grows it. And uh, that is definitely one of the best things speciality coffee can offer. No, it's traceability up to the person or to the place. That's what we do. For international coffees, we're introducing some international coffees. And after a long deliberation, we're doing that because our main objective is to promote Indian speciality of Indian fine coffees. But we wanted to have a small amount of international coffees for our audience, our customers, for them to get exposed to what other coffees around the world taste like. So that it's also, obviously I'm not going directly from the farmer in Tanzania, but I know the farm, mm. I know what it is. And there is a person who is making that amazing job to bring this coffee to India through through exports and controls and paperwork and mm. it's very difficult to get in good quality coffee from other countries into India. So for me, they are part of the value chain and I really appreciate whether they're middleman or not, they are doing their job and they are helping me and you to try an extraordinary coffee from Sumatra. So in that sense, uh, it's also good for us. So more or less to answer your question. I remember how excited you were when you heard that I'd gone to Papua New Guinea. Oh my God. (laughs) Because it's coffee land, isn't it? Coffee land, beautiful coffee, very exotic flavors. Again, I mean, we could not be able to trace directly from them, but there is an Indian fellow who brings some of these uh, PNG coffees and they said, yeah, yeah, we can get two kilos, three kilos. And <laughs> so we appreciate that. So tell me, Mark, when, we, when, um, when the chips are down, when things are not going the way, is there, a, is there a, something that you live by, something that always lifts you up, like a metaphor for life, you know? You when, when, when I'm low, you mean? When you're low, when you're low. Oh, that's interesting. I think somehow there is uh, in the mind, there is always places in your mind that you can access mm. when you have these low periods or low days. Either you're going through a painful process, whatever it is, professionally or personally. There is that space where, you know, it will pass, you know. It's an assurance that, you know, even in nature, when you see a river, everything is it's, it's moving and it's, a, it's in transition and nothing. Nothing is static, nothing here, nothing stays here forever. So I try to visualize that like, okay, that's, it's a tough moment for me. Yes, it is. You recognize it and acknowledge it. How I'm going to manage that? And what it helps me is this, this thought, no, that it will pass. It will pass and uh, just stay quiet, learn from it, but don't get overwhelmed, overwhelmed by it because that assurance that it will pass, whatever matters. And I think that is one of my tricks to overcome difficult situations. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's very powerful. Can you, can you speak a little bit about the gifts you received that shaped who you are, Mark? Gifts, it's when somebody comes to the cafe and just says, yes, I love your coffee. I mean, it's so delicious. Or when people said, you know, I meditate over your coffee. And I said, what? I said, yeah. I said, 
I hear people, I said, how, how you, what are the emotions that my coffee triggers into you? That's what I ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, someone said, a good customer said, you know, in the morning I just prepare my French press and I have your coffee next to me and I meditate. And um, every 15 minutes I just take a sip of it. And, and I love it. And some other people feel that that action of brewing coffee in the morning, knowing what you're brewing, of course, not any uh, anonymous coffee, but you know, from where it comes from, and the whole story, right? It really makes the, the mm. whole awakening a bit more conscious. Mm. That is one of the gifts that I really appreciate because then I said, okay, I'm doing the job I wanted to do. And I create that emotion. That's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. And your, 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 your family also works with you, right? In the cafe, oftentimes. Yeah, I think I never wanted to push my family to follow my passion or my profession. I wanted to be very clear about that. But somehow uh, it's percolating down. <laughs> like <laughs> coffee. <laughs> like osmosis. So, yeah, I think my, my wife now is actually fully in charge of the cafe store. Mm. I'm uh, actually stepping out from that role after all these years. She's mm. picking up and she's more than ready to do that. Mm. And my son has completed his specialty coffee training program. Wow. In Bacalo. So he's uh, by his age is quite an achievement to, mm-hmm. to have that certification. And he's completely in love with coffee. He said, I love it. Mm-hmm. It inspires me. I want to continue. And I said, Great, you know, now it's maybe it's time for you to go somewhere else and work in another company, not in, in, in our company, because that would be very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so get experience outside. And when you are ready to come back, you know, please come and join us again. Mm. My daughter is grinds his her coffee every morning by hand. Wow, wow! And she has her own Aeropress. In fact, she's the one who handles all my Instagram handles, um, okay. all the websites, mm. the, you know, mm. design and offers and content writing. So every month we have our own meetings on this. So yes, coffee definitely has played a very, very important role in my family. And my sister as well is running a coffee shop, a store with my mom in, back in Barcelona. So it's something that was not in my family before. It's something that my sister and myself started from scratch. And seems like we are creating something that the next generation may be taking it over. So That's that, amazing. Mark, yeah. it always seems to be that instead of blood, coffee flows in your veins. It's it's. It's, yeah. it's, there, it's there in the, it's almost there in the DNA. It's amazing. I don't know. It's quite amazing how deeply connected I am with this plant. It's quite, yeah. quite striking. Yeah. 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 If I was to ask you to, you know, people just starting out or a younger Mark or uh, some people who are trying to do something different in their life and starting on their journeys, what would you tell them? What's the... What's the input you would give them? What's the advice? Oh, that's a very good question. I think if anybody wants, I mean, think in today's reality, what we are facing, if you are a little bit conscious about the state of affairs of our planet, the state of affairs of our economy, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of social, ecolo- ecologically, and economically speaking, mm-hmm. I think coffee plays a huge role. Uh, I mean, as you know, it's the second worldwide commodity traded mm. just after petrol. Mm. So the, the, the impact of that coffee has in all these three aspects mm. is humongous. Mm. And so if you really want to, if you're a change maker, 
Mm. If you really want to do things to create change, mm. not because you're driven by your trend. Mm. I always tell my friends, I want to open a coffee shop. I said, why? There are millions of coffee shops. Mm. What you're going to bring new? Why you're going to do something different? Because if you're doing that cafe, because that's the hip thing to do, don't do it. Just don't do it. Mm. It needs to be really deeper than that. Because if you're really sincere of doing something with coffee, the potentiality and the opportunities that you have are amazing. To really bring in those values you believe in. Mm. Sustainability, socially responsible businesses, traceability, all these things you can bring it along with your brand, whatever you do. It's a very holistic product Mm. uh, because it's just one product. When you drink a a cup of coffee is nothing else than that. It's just mm. that roasted seed. It's not mixed with milk or with, or you buy a, you know, a jam or you buy something other product. There's so many other products in that product. But when you drink coffee, it's just water and that seed, nothing else. That's very powerful because you can, you can tell the story of that thing. You can really actually travel back and see what happens. It's giving that, that traceability back to what it is. That I would recommend, yes, please go. We need a lot of coffee entrepreneurs in this country, in the world that that have that approach. Mm. Because if I am able to offer you a cup of coffee that is conscious, that is done well, taking care of all these aspects, and you can actually check by yourself that this is not just an Instagram post, that is real. I think that it's a beautiful way to enter. That's very powerful. Yeah, and it's so true. It's so true, Mark. And I'm sure as you say this, you'll be inspiring many people to really look at that cup of coffee and and some people who are entrepreneurs to see what can I do with it and how do I clarify my own beliefs exactly. about this? You know, so I yeah. think that is... Uh, Mark, each one of us has, an, has a unique uh, gift to offer humankind. I believe each one is unique and brings something very special. What is your gift? I think this is the gift I give my coffee, my passion for coffee. That uh, is something that you cannot even learn in books. You know, it's, uh, it's when you talk, when you smell, when you... That I think I've uh, been gifted to be a channel between that plant and society. And I'm very grateful to be gifted by that coffee spirit. Yeah. The coffee spirit, I think that is so... Yeah, yes. that's so true. Conversations like these, Mark, what's the value of a conversation like this? Like a, like a soul brew between you and me. What do you think is the value? I think today's uh, in whatever, in the media, uh, there is a lot of stuff. But to really find good content uh, is difficult. I mean, we want to spend some time, yes, listening to podcasts, of course. It's a beautiful thing to do because you close your eyes and you just listen. It's very relaxing. And I do a lot of, I like to listen to podcasts and I love this medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so happy when I stumble upon a good podcast. I said, wow, that was half an hour of being extremely useful. Half an hour, I learned things, this person inspired me, or I came to know facts that I didn't know, or it made me that half an hour actually very pleasant. Mm-hmm. So the value of, those, uh, of this type of interaction that we're having right now is about that, that you got some free time and you want to listen to something meaningful, something yeah. that inspires you or brings you to a space that you feel comfortable with. And I think those, uh, these interviews that you're doing, uh, to me, that fulfills that need. So yeah. uh, thank you, Mark. I mean, it's been, uh, it's uh, what you say is so true about creating spaces such as these where 
where the content makes a difference. And uh, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Before we close out, is there anything you'd like to say, else you'd like to say? Well, I think, first of all, thank you for inviting me to this podcast. Uh, really appreciate, again, talking to you. Always a pleasure. And yes, it's an open invitation to anybody who's listening to this podcast. There, I can be reached. You can come and visit us in our building, the cafe. I'm sure you can put our email address uh, there in the podcast so people can reach us. And yes, it's a way to connect to, to the wider audience. And thank you. Certainly. Is there anything else the audience can do for you? Is there a requirement you have? Um, I think if you are really generally interested about coffee and learn about more, I think that would be that podcast that can trigger that interest in you. So I would be already very happy that that had happened. And my offering is that, yes, you, I'm reach out uh, here. I live here. Uh, I'm, I'm a very reachable person, as you know. I walk around and I love to interact with people. So again, as an open invitation to anyone who wants to explore the world of specialty coffee, that podcast can be the first entry. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Mark. And I will definitely be putting out your website and your email address uh, on both the video cast as well as the podcast. So it will be available on YouTube. It will also be available on a podcast, Soul Brews with Chipper. And uh, anybody who needs to understand deeper about coffee and experience coffee with Mark, more than welcome to go and give it a shot. I mean, you will not be disappointed. Mark, thank you so much for this thank wonderful you. conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you again. You Me take too. care. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for your time and attention and for being a part of Soul Brews with Shiva. Until next week, keep the coffee swirling. <laughs>